Welcome to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. Vialto is your ally in mobility, tax and immigration solutions. We spark meaningful growth for your business and your people. At Vialto, we push the boundaries of global mobility, powering positive outcomes in business and beyond. Our teams partner closely with you, providing extensive expertise and seamless tech-enabled experiences so you can mobilize a dynamic global workforce and unlock potential. Hi there, and welcome to On The Move, the global mobility podcast from Vialto Partners. In this series of Employment Tax episodes, we're looking at the topic of contingent workers. I'm Tina Schraub, and I'm an Employment Tax Partner with Vialto based in the New York metro area. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Nicole Nazareth. Nicole is a director based in Toronto. Thanks, Tina. It's a pleasure to join you here today. Glad to have you as well, Nicole. Today, we're going to discuss a range of employment tax considerations you need to think about if you're employing contingent workers in Canada. So, Nicole, let's get started. Are we seeing an increase in contingent workers in Canada? What are some of the latest trends? In Canada, we actually use the term contingent worker and independent contractor interchangeably. So I'll probably use both of these terms throughout our conversation, but I'm talking about the same class of worker. We've seen a significant increase in both the use of independent contractors, as well as a lot of clients inquiring into whether they can utilize the classification when they're considering hiring in a province or country where they don't currently have active operations. And why do you think that is? I think the reason we're seeing this is because of the increase in access to remote work, and COVID really just accelerated this move to many people working remotely. It's really opened up the labor pool for industries that are facing labor shortages and prospective employees, as well as employers are thinking about this option more and more. At the same time, though, Canada's payroll regime can be complex, and that's led to some companies considering hiring key candidates as independent contractors rather than employees. Not only does this help facilitate the hiring process, but it also has the potential to streamline the additive compliance obligations of hiring a remote employee. Okay, so those are some compelling reasons to explore contingent workers. What about the other side? What are some of the employment tax risks and considerations you see relating to contingent workers? Well, when a company engages in a contract for services, which indicates a contingent worker arrangement, they're obligated to issue a T4A slip reporting the total amount of income paid for services for the year, there are no employment tax obligations on the monies paid. This obligation is quite simple if you compare it to engaging someone in a contract of services, which is basically an employment contract. A contingent worker arrangement doesn't carry the withholding and remitting obligation that an employee would. On top of that, there are other employer-only payroll obligations related to total remuneration, such as employer's health tax, that aren't payable on contingent worker payments. Okay, so that seems pretty straightforward, but as we know, Things are never that simple. What are some of the pitfalls you think employers need to look out for? You're right, Tina. It does seem simple to classify a potential new hire as a contingent worker, so it can be tempting. But the risk of misclassification is high, and it can be quite costly in the long run, both to the payor and the employee. Penalties for noncompliance can attract penalties of up to 20% for both not withholding or remitting. On top of that, Interest is assessed and compounded daily from the date the remittance was due, and penalties for not furnishing the correct form are applied as well. 
aside from the penalty and interest aspect. Social security withholding obligations could fall solely on the employer rather than sharing the costs with the employee like they would under a normal employment arrangement. If the required contributions for social security aren't withheld from the employee in the current tax year, the total contributions become payable by the employer. What about reclassifying a worker? What impact could that have? At the employee level, a reclassification has a direct and significant impact on their personal income tax return filing. Generally speaking, independent contractors are treated as self-employed individuals for income tax purposes, and so they're allowed deductions against their income that aren't available to employees. A reclassification of self-employment income not only complicates the reassessment process of their personal returns, but it often ends up with a much higher tax obligation owed by the employee as a result of losing those deductions. And while the tax obligation was ultimately required to begin with, we often see companies feeling obligated to assist with this additional financial burden because it was as a result of an incorrect contracting at the outset. The reclassifications we've seen can often span multiple years, so these amounts can become significant. So I think that tax authorities in Canada are keeping an eye out for these kinds of potential issues. Have you seen an increase in audit activity? We haven't seen an increase in audit activity specifically geared towards contingent workers, no. This has always been an area of investigation with any payroll audit. The CRA always asks for a list of subcontractors and self-employed individuals, their contact information, and copies of all contracts and invoices at the very beginning of any payroll review, regardless of the jurisdiction the employer is located in. The CRA can begin an investigation at any time and for any company they wish, even if that company is not resident in Canada. So this audit risk is not bound by Canadian borders. It's something that every company operating in Canada needs to be aware of. That's not a situation any organization wants to face, I'm sure. So, Nicole, what are some ways employers can mitigate some of the risk associated with contingent workers? Employers should perform a full analysis of the contract arrangement they're considering before making the final determination. The CRA has provided some useful guidance on what factors to look for and examples of what constitutes a contingent worker versus an employee. In general, it comes down to the level of control the worker has, who furnishes the tools and equipment to perform their duties, whether the worker can subcontract the work or hire assistance, and the degree of financial risk the worker takes. The actual contracts themselves are key factors in the determination, but it's really important to note that the substance, and not the form, is the ultimate determining factor. And if either party is unclear, whether a worker is an employee or an independent contractor, they can request a ruling from the CRA to make a determination. Obviously, companies and workers don't want to be surprised by their classification in the eyes of the tax authorities, so it's best practice to have a policy in place that lays out specific guidelines for hiring employees versus contractors to make sure they're treated consistently, to minimize any uncertainties, and to save time in the hiring process. Thanks so much, Nicole. Some really good advice there. And it's helpful to know that the CRA is available to clear up any uncertainty before employers make decisions on classification. So with that, we'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of On The Move. Hopefully it was time well spent and Nicole's insights shed some light on the intricacies of dealing with contingent workers. This is part of a new series of episodes in which we'll be talking to experts on contingent workforce issues in other parts of the world. So keep an eye open for additional episodes. If you have any questions, please reach out to us or your usual Vialto Implementex contact. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. 
Thank you for listening to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. For more information, please visit us at www.vialto.com. Vialto Partners and Vialto refers to the subsidiaries of CD&R, Galaxy UK Opco Limited, as well as the other members of the Vialto Partners Global Network. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance on matters of interest only. Vialto is not responsible for any errors or omissions, or for the results obtained from use of this information.